Welcome to Instruction Interruption, a podcast to celebrate New Mexico education in every corner of our state. I am the new host for 2022, Lorraine Guerrero. As the 2022 New Mexico Teacher of the Year, my podcast will focus on educational issues that are relevant in our state. My guests will share their lessons that they've learned along the way. This podcast is sponsored by the New Mexico Oil and Gas Association and is produced in collaboration with the New Mexico Public Education Department. Today's my first podcast of the year and I want to take a little bit of time to introduce myself. I am excited to be representing education in New Mexico. I am a high school teacher at a public charter school in Las Cruces, New Mexico. My school is New America School and the school works with underserved students in the community. I teach English language arts to ninth and 12th graders. I also work with ESL and ELL students. I am fortunate to be the grads teacher here where I work with teen parents. I feel that New Mexico must expand the traditional K through 12 path to graduation. Many students face obstacles to graduation. Listening to my students' stories and seeing that many students in New Mexico share similar experiences made me realize that it doesn't matter when you get your high school diploma as long as you get it. Education is the path out of poverty. In today's podcast, I have two wonderful administrators who are doing great work with students in New Mexico at their respected schools. Margarita Porter is the superintendent principal at New America School Las Cruces, and Beth Dorado is the executive director at Gordon Burnell Charter School in Albuquerque. They share insight into the importance of education at any age. I want to thank you both for being here, and I'm excited to learn about uh, your schools and some of the issues that your students are facing. With this podcast, I'd like to bring to light some education issues here in New Mexico. So if you could please introduce yourselves a little bit and then tell us a little bit about your school and your student dynamics. So Mrs. Porter, would you like to start it off? Yes, hi. So I'm Margarita Porter, and I am the principal of New America School Las Cruces. I have been here for 10 years, um, and I actually have been the only principal here since we've opened. The dynamics of New America School are created by our unique students. Um, We serve traditional age students, which means students are between the ages of 14 and 18. They're traditional age high school students, and they, they are served in a day program a daytime program, which begins 8.30 to 4.30. It's just like a traditional high school. But this, the unique part about New America School is that we also serve adults. We serve students who are the ages of, of 18 to 21. Um, previously, um, before 2018, we were able to serve students who were over 21. The legislation changed, and so now we can only serve students up to 21. Thank you so much, Mrs. Porter. And I was able to have the ability to work with the adults when I first started here. So I really like being able to work with the older students in the evening time. Uh, Beth, can you introduce your school and tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you. I first want to congratulate you. Teacher of the Year is a great honor. Thank you so um, much. So, yeah, congratulations for the work that you're, you've done and will continue to do. 
My name is Beth Dorado. I'm the director at Gordon Burnell Charter School here in Albuquerque. Um, we serve students um, in a variety of locations. We have a couple campuses. Uh, one is inside the Metropolitan Detention Center. So we're serving students who are incarcerated. And then we have a building in the community um, in centralized Albuquerque. And we also provide services at the Job Corps campus here. So we're diverse in our locations, geographic locations. But the idea is that we're serving students who um, perhaps have become disenchanted with education at some point. Most of our students have been out of school for some time and they're coming back to school. We also used to serve students of any age um, and had to readjust post the age cap legislation. Um, and we've actually taken a couple extra steps to also become an adult education provider. Okay. So we're still able to serve students of any age, but in different programs, our high school, um, serve students 16 to 21. And then our adult education program is still serving students over the age of 21. And But that's a very difficult process. And we're mostly going to talk about the high school here um, as it relates to our PED program. Wonderful. And when you're talking about your students that they struggle, similar to the students that I work with at New America, what are some obstacles that you see uh, that your students have to overcome? Um, again, our, our population, our focus is on um, students who may be involved with the criminal justice system and who may have been out of school for some time. So the obstacles are actually pretty great. Um, most of our students, um, when we meet them, are incarcerated or have recently been released from incarceration. And so, you know, that's a very um, difficult system to navigate and in and of itself. And um, we know that students, uh, that people who are struggling um, with the criminal justice system also have lots of other compounding issues. So a lot of our students are struggling with uh, stable housing, um, with uh, as many of them are older, they're, ha they're having to find um, their own income, they work, um, many of our students are parents. So a, it's a choice to come back to school and engage in education. And it really means finding time in a very busy life where school may not always be the priority, right. but these students are making it a priority and finding time to make school important to them. So um, lots of obstacles, um, but that's the idea of lots of support. Exactly. And that's, they're fortunate to have that support. And I know it's not easy. Like you said, it's a, it's a priority. And sometimes as teachers and educators, we have to show our students the priority that it is. Um, they can't see that end line, um, that graduation date or the importance of that graduation date. Mrs. Porter, what are, what are some things um, similar to what your students are facing? So um, my population is a lot like Ms. Dorados. Um, we do, our students do have a lot of struggles. Um, our younger students, um, our traditional age students, they struggle um, with transportation. Um, as a charter school, we don't offer transportation. So um, we offer uh, bus passes, um, but they won't use, they're not comfortable using the public transportation yet because they're young. Um, and so we, we struggle with providing our, our students having reliable transportation. So that's one obstacle. Another obstacle, and this is something that we noticed greatly during the pandemic was our families are trying to 
survive. And so part of that survival is getting jobs. So many of our students, um, you know, they have to decide, do I want to go to school that doesn't provide my family immediate immediate money, immediate, you know, just something tangible, or can I leave school and go get a job somewhere at a restaurant, at, you know, a, a clothing store or something and have money at the end of the week to support my family or to help me, um, you know, buy nice things. So our kids struggle with, just like you said, right? What, how do I decide what is my number one priority right now? And for many of our families, it's getting a job to, to help um, support their family. So a lot of our students do get jobs. Um, the other obstacle that we have is that we have um, teenage moms here at New America School. And so we were finding that our students, our young parents were dropping out to get jobs, dropping out to provide childcare, um, you know, just struggling to balance being a parent and then coming to school. Um, but we did find a solution for that. Um, so thanks to you, Ms. Guerrero, um, we were able to open a new beginnings childcare center here at New America School in conjunction with the PED, with grads and, um, and CYFD. So we were able to have one um, solution to one of our obstacles. And the other, the other obstacle that we're finding too is that our, our students, sometimes they're the only caretakers for their parents. Yes, so yes. they have to stay home to take care of their, their parents. Um, and so if their parents get sick or whatever the case, then they're saying, you know what, Ms. Porter, I can't come to school tonight because I have to take care of my mom. She's not doing well or whatever it is, right? So those are primarily the obstacles we're, we're seeing with, with all of our students. And, it, and it's hard because when you talk about families, family is important to everybody at any level. And so that's where I think this is great that these schools understand that and that they're working with the students, the, their priorities, family, survival, you know, that's, that's one thing that I think um, at New America, um, they do really well is supporting the families and bringing them in to be a part of their students' education. And so um, in the support that we, we have, we have those parents and those family members that come in. When you're looking at your schools, what were some things that you worked on to implement? So Mrs. Porter, you said that you've been at New America for 10 years. What were some things that you wanted to implement into the school or some obstacles you saw when working with the public charter school? I appreciate the question. So um, I came, I became the principal of New America School when we still didn't have a building yet. It wasn't ready for us. Um, I was hired on to come in, um, recruit teachers, recruit students, um, finish off the building. Um, and so basically it was a clean slate. There was, you know, it was just a plain white canvas where I was able and fortunate enough to be able to you know, make some brush strokes and create this beautiful school. Um, so some of the things that we have implemented that set us aside from all the other charter schools is um, yesterday was Dr. Martin Luther King Day. Um, we were out in the community providing community service to various locations. Um, we were at a soup kitchen. We were at um, the 
uh, gospel rescue mission. We were cleaning um, the sides of the freeway. And so that is part of our culture that we've created here. And so we, I really wanted to implement something that was going to um, set up our legacy, right? We're known for this. Um, other things that we have implemented is we really, we have really tried to um, be like the other, other public schools in which we brought in um, sports. Um, and the good thing about sports in a charter school is that all of our students are able to play. They don't have to try out. They just have to show up. Um, and so that is something that we've implemented. We've also done all of the traditional um, clubs and events. For example, we've always had prom. We've always um, we've also implemented a student council. We've had a chess club. We've had yearbooks. Um, every year we've had a yearbook. And so we, we're trying very hard to um, be small, but also bring in all of the special um, activities that the other bigger schools have. That's great. And it's always nice because there's that inclusivity that the students have and they have those, um, those experiences, those high school experiences. Uh, Ms. Dorado, when you have your students, I know you talked a little bit about transitioning from being a teacher to an administrator. Can you talk a little bit about that at uh, Gordon Brunel? Sure. Um, I started with Gordon Brunell in 2013 um, and now um, and in, um, as, a, as a counselor, as a school counselor, and I'm now in an administrative role. Um, and it has been um, different, right, to, to kind of start to um, have that bird's eye view, right, of, of what um, is happening with the school and with students. Um, when I was working just as a counselor, um, all I had to worry about was the students that I was working with, right, my relationships and, and the, the outcomes that I had signed up to do. And now there's so much more, um, right, involved in running a school and and working with, with students, um, older students who have some of the challenges that we've been talking about does really require thinking outside the box. Mm -hmm. um, our school doesn't work on a semester calendar. Um, we're a, a self-paced or guided-based guided -based and mastery-based program. Okay. So as students work through curriculum, they can earn credits. They don't have to wait until the semester ends to earn a credit. And that requires in itself um, just really flexible um, data technicians and registrars who can capture the data and enter it, um, get it um, submitted in all the correct ways. Um, you know, and we're also looking at some more flexible um, hours and seat time type situations because okay. our students do work and they are parents and they are involved in the court system, which requires counseling and probation and all sorts of um, different things. So our students um, meet with an advisor every week and set weekly goals. And then okay. if they meet that goal, that's how they're counted present, right? Um, we're tracking how they're how they're working on online uh, platforms on our, our reading interventions and our math interventions we're looking at how often they're logged into you know ingenuity or submitting packet work um, but the idea is that um, you know older students can't necessarily be in class Monday through Friday eight to four um, but that doesn't mean that they can't put in the hours they can't meet their regular goals 
their short-term goals and they can't reach those longer-term goals. So our model of really supporting an adult learner requires a lot of data collection um, because we want to be transparent that we're, we're working with students who are committed to school and that they're putting in the time. But how do you track that? How do you report that? Those are all challenges um, that we're working through all the time with APS and PED. Um, and we're super um, grateful for the flexibility of being able to, you know, renew a charter and, and really set yes. charter goals. Um, and that's one way that charters are different from the traditional public system is that we do get to look at slightly different approaches to helping students reach the same, um, same you know, long-term goals of that diploma and then what comes next. So lots of challenges in serving the population. Um, um, transitioning students, you know, yes. when we meet students, we work within institutions. The jail is run by Bernalillo County. Job Corps is ran by the Department of Labor. Um, and so working within those institutions requires a lot of partnership and, and really listening to stakeholders and making sure that we're serving the community, not only our students, but our institutions in which we're serving students. And then, you know, transitioning students once they leave those institutions. We know that our students that are incarcerated, most of them will release um, and really making sure that we have those social supports in place. So that continuing um, once they're no longer a captive audience, right? right. Um, it's really a difficult transition for, for students and families to make. So making sure that we're really aware and investing in, you know, a, a large social work and mental health team, that we have good partners that can step in for childcare and behavioral health services and housing services. There's a lot of moving pieces, right? right. We're educators, we're looking through our work with students through the <laughs> academic lens. And we have to do all of this um, community partnering and all of this um, additional support because we know without those supports, um, it's really hard to stay committed um, to education to reach their goals. So um, lots of challenges, but lots of people willing to rise to them. So um, very grateful for what we can accomplish um, and what we can do and the support that we get from APS, PED, the county, uh, Department of Labor, um, and all of the other partners that we work with. I like that you said that it is like a community effort um, because it does take a lot of us. Uh, I mean, anybody that comes in contact with those students and that's uh, for myself as the New Mexico Teacher of the Year, they're asking me, what is the platform? What is, what is it that I'm looking at? And it is that personalized education in working with the students that need additional resources in addition to teaching them the reading and the math you talk about that transition uh, from one thing to another, and, and that's absolutely what it is. Even getting our younger students, our freshmen, we're having to transition them from middle school to high school and the expectations, you know, and so um, I totally understand that. And, and when you talk about everybody that's involved, it, it does take a lot. And, and we do, and, and I think you hit it right on the on the head that it's the people that rise to the occasion that we're we're grateful for them um, because there's so many of them and so many of us that do that. And and so uh, Mrs. Dorado, when you're talking about the um, transitioning from incarceration, do you have students that are over 18? And do you have students that are over 18? The students that are over 18 how important is it that they continue their education and they get that high school diploma? 
you know, it's, it's, it's super important. And, and our message continues to be, it really doesn't matter what age you are, um, you know, returning to education can really transform opportunities and, and, you know, the reality of the situation. Many of our students come to school realizing that they're sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? They're stuck in these loops of um, low paying uh, jobs. They're stuck in these loops of, um, you know, being involved in the criminal justice system. They're stuck in these loops of just feeling like there's not a lot of movement forward. And I think education at any age can really do a couple of things for students. I think um, when you really engage in education and you understand that it's a building block, it's a way to open new doors and and understand that there are new opportunities. And, and a lot of people don't know what's out there for them until they know what's out there for them, exactly. right? Exactly. And, and, and so when, when you can say, I'm a high school graduate um, or I'm focusing on this career pathway, you know, doors do start to emerge and start to open as real pathways to a future that's different. And so I think education can really provide purpose for students of any age, you know, the, why am I trying so hard to do all of these things? Because there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it really does mean a whole new level of opportunities and options for how I can engage with my community and how I can work um, to sustain my family and how I can, you know, find purpose in life. And I also think education um, for older adults is just, it's all about confidence building, right? So even the students who may never um, graduate, but maybe working on a career pathway or maybe looking for industry recognized certification, being in school and learning new skills feels really good. Yes. And it's a confidence booster. It's a, it feels good to know that I couldn't do this yesterday, but I worked really hard at it and now I can do it. And so that light that grows, that confidence in learning new skills and believing that you, that anybody can learn and that I can learn and that you can learn, I mean, that, that confidence can be applied to all areas of life. You know, if I know that if I work really hard at something, I can get better at it, and I can succeed at it, then I can stay true to my education, I can rebuild family ties that I've lost, I can re-engage with my community in new ways. And so, you know, education for older students, I think is super important, because Again, it, 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 you know, allows for that purpose and it also builds confidence in ways that is just amazing to witness. It, it does. And I even tell my students when they teach me little things and I tell them, oh, I'm glad I came to school today. I learned something. So it's not like I'm the one making them learn. They're also teaching me as well. And it, it does boost that confidence because when I learn these little things, I'm able to like share them. I'm able to share this information and it does make me feel good, especially when it comes to the techie part of like high school stuff that the students teach me makes me feel good. I feel like I'm in, like I'm hip with them. (laughs) So I enjoy that. Um, Mrs. Porter with the students, um, that we had previously worked with at new America school. Um, how important is it to educate those adults, um, when they were, a little bit older than the 22 years old. Yes. So um, for us, I was, I definitely witnessed that our older adults were, became models for their, for their children, 
right? They became models for their family members, for other people in society, because then it was like, you know what, I'm 26, I'm 36, I'm 46, I just got my um, diploma, you can too. And then it was word of mouth. And so every year we served about 100 students who were over the age of 21. Mm -hmm. Um, And so our nighttime program was thriving. Um, It was just as packed as my daytime program. my daytime program. Um, and so since then it's, it's dwindled, but, um, for me, it's ending for our students who graduate, it's ending that cycle of poverty. Right. And it is, um, one, um, changing their mindset. Right. And it's also, um, that they can do it. It's boosting, just as Ms. Dorado said, it's boosting their confidence. It's showing them that they can continue. Um, it opened different doors, um, to them, whereas previously they couldn't either join the military or they couldn't um, access the, the lottery scholarship or, or attend any post-graduation school, this opened the door for them. So um, I do have many success stories as I'm sure Ms. Dorado has, um, but one in particular, I had a 51-year-old um, gentleman, a father of 11. Um, he graduated with us and in December, he will graduate with his bachelor's degree. Yes. And so, um, you know, had he not had New America not been here and had that opportunity been closed, um, he would still be a 51 year old dropout. There's so many wonderful stories like that that show um, that it's never too late um, mm-hmm. to get an education and New America and school other charter schools that serve adults show the community that we offer and allow and accept second chances mm-hmm. and that an education is so important to continue um, because it's going to improve your home, your community and the world. Right. And yes. so there's so many um, case studies and, and researched research that is done on dropouts. And so when a student is educated, they're less likely to end up incarcerated. They're less likely to end up on social services, such as, um, you know, receiving um, assistance from the government. They don't have to um, receive EVT cards. I mean, they just, they are able to be self-reliant and that's what we want, right? We want our um, students um, to live the American dream. Yes. And that's, that's what for, even for us, our adults, that's what we were giving them the opportunity to do. Yes. And then I know that they were able to contribute to society and, and give a good 20 years into the workforce, even at the age of 40. And so I think that's real important too, to, you know, have people know this information and the importance of that high school diploma mm-hmm. that it can give someone. So I, and um, I just want to know, Ms. Dorado, is there anything else that you'd like to share about your school right now? Anything going on out there? How's the first year? How's the year been? We've been in school for about two or three weeks now. How's that going? Um, With its challenges, right? We're, we're all um, trying to survive this pandemic um, as safe as possible. Uh, and, and working within institutions, you know, there are extra um, uh, layers of, of safety protocols and, you know, the, the county jail is, is trying its very best to keep um, inmates safe, 
Um, Job Corps is trying its very best to keep students who live on campus um, there safe. And so uh, there, it has been, it's been fluctuating our access to students, but um, we're, we're doing our best and our partners are doing their best to provide different options. Um, you know, we're doing video visits. We're, yes. we're still in a very hybrid mode. Our Northwest campus is open to students, of course, um, but many of our students who are housed in other institutions, you know, it's, it's been difficult. We're, we're, we've gotten really good at pen pals and, and video <laughs> visits and, uh, you know, just really trying our best to keep students engaged and motivated and, and knowing that, um, that we're not alone in this, right? All schools yes. are facing very difficult circumstances and situations with staff being out um, to either um, quarantine themselves or take care of their families. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's a challenging year, um, yes. to, to say the least. But um, the fact that, you know, we're, we're as committed as we are and our students are committed as, as they are, you know, that, yes. that, that they'll log on to those video visits and that they'll send that mail back as soon as they can and um, that they'll continue to reach out and work and, and log into the, the different platforms that are available to them, even when they can't meet live with teachers, um, you know, is just a reminder about how important education is to people yes. and how important it is to our communities and, and, and you know, our families. Um, I just had to build on something Ms. Porter said, you know, as we talk a little more about adult students, and I just had to highlight, um, I couldn't agree more, um, the generational impact that it has. You know, when, when an older student um, demonstrates that school is important and that they can do it, um, you know, we've had some amazing um, stories where we've graduated fathers and, and children at the same time. Yes. Right. Where where a father and a son um, walked the same graduation line. Um, and we have several uh, families enrolled in our different programs right now. You know, younger mm-hmm. uh, members of the family in the high school program and older family members involved in the adult education program and supporting each other. Um, you know, it, it's uh, not all of our students at our Northwood campus are involved in the criminal justice system. Right. Sometimes students. Um, just need a model that can fit into a busy life. Correct. Um, and so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting to know that school is important to so many people and it's been challenging to say the least, but yes, we're in this together or at yes, least we we're, <laughs> we're, the struggles may not be the same across different locations and in different communities, but there are definitely obstacles about this school year and last school year that hopefully can we can come out the other end of soon. I just keep telling people like this has to end at some yeah. point. It, yes, <laughs> we just, it will. Hold on. It We're going to get through to the other side of this. It will. And I, and I think when you talk about that, the students are committed, that's the biggest thing. And then as educators, we do have to remember that we do this for the students. So uh, thank you for mentioning that because that is very important. Um, Mrs. Porter, what else would you like to say about New America School? Um, Well, one of the things that we are um, a unified um, charter school front is that, uh, and I believe Ms. Dorado is also part of um, this new um, change in legislation fight that we are um, hoping. So when the legislation changed to cap um, our students age at 21 to enter school, um, that that was it. If students didn't complete their high school diploma, 
by that last year that they're 21, um, then they had to be um, disenrolled. So our push right now this year in this um, session is to allow students to um, enter when they're 21, but allow them to continue until they graduate. Yes. And yes. so that is the one change that we're working on. Um, I don't think, um, you know, this is wishful thinking um, that maybe the cap will be removed. Maybe it will be extended. Um, a great, uh, you know, the way I presented is a great number for us would be even if if an adult came in and finished by the time they're 35, if they left New America or Gordon Burnell or another uh, charter school that allowed adults, if they finished by the end of when they're 35, they get a job, they're out in the workforce, they work for another um, 20 years, that still makes them 55. If they work for 25 years, that makes them 60. That would give them a, a strong a, a career, that would give them retirement, that would give them benefits. And so you know, my, my mini platform under your platform would yes. be, you know, to extend that, that age cap to just finish by the end of 35, right. Yes. And then allow them to come be, um, so much more for our community. Um, and Absolutely. so, it, you know, I just, I, I truly believe that that that's the magical number. Of course, I would love for there not to be an age cap, mm -hmm. but if we had, if I had to choose one magical number, that's what it would be. Um, so for right now, our push is to just extend that 21 and allow them to enter at 21, but allow them to continue until they finish um, their, until they earn their high school diploma. Yes. And I think that's great. I'm glad that's part of the platform. That's how we build uh, little bits and pieces of it. And so thank you for, for sharing that because that is important for us as educators that these students are educated and then they can provide for themselves and their families. And um, we talk about that cycle uh, of breaking that cycle, but also this importance of education and the students knowing um, the benefits of it. They can see that light at the end of the tunnel and we can help them with that. So, well, thank you so much, both of you for being here. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me for my first podcast of the year. I'm so excited about it and I hope to continue to stay in touch and, and learn more about the school and any ways that we can collaborate because this is how uh, it works. As educators, we take from one another, we build on each other and we share these ideas. So thank you again for being here. I really appreciate it. I'd like to thank my guests, Margarita Porter and Beth Dorado for their time. Thank you to the New Mexico Public Education Department and the New Mexico Oil and Gas for their sponsorship. As I tell my students when they're in my class, I'm glad I came to school today because I learned something new. I hope you learned something new today. Until next time.